0: We start down paths that feel right at the time, but then become uncomfortable as we go further down them. And I think the Lord really needed to do something kind of drastic and stop the path that I was going down. But when I heard the Lord call me back to it, um, as soon as I started writing my first contemporary love story that was also Christian and God-honoring, I absolutely knew in that moment that after all of those years of working on writing and doing some publishing and then failing at publishing, I absolutely knew that I had finally found my niche.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Positively Joy, a podcast on searching for the light in all seasons of life around us. We look for God in the everyday and choose joy even in the hard times. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. And I'd love for you to become a part of our online podcast family and join our Positively Joy community on Facebook. Visit PositivelyJoy.com for previous episodes and to check out our cool merch. And listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go for podcasts. We drop episodes Monday and Thursday. The day has come. Today, we are talking to Christian romance author Becky Wade. Her new book, Let It Be Me, was released just this week, so we're so fortunate to be able to talk to her about the book, about her writing process, and about how the Lord led her to writing Christian romance. Here's Becky. Becky Wade, it's great to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm I'm so happy you're,
1: he- you're here because this is a special week for you, and for us, the fans of your work. Um, but first of all, you're the Christian Carroll Award-winning author of heartwarming and humorous contemporary Christian romances, and I understand you've recently been nominated for yet another writing award. So congratulations!
0: Thanks. That came as a great surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But before we talk about your
1: new book, which releases this week, let it be me. I'd love to get to know you a little bit better, let my audience get to know you a little better. And I'd love to talk also about how you found your way into writing and how God directed that path. How did it all start? So first of all, um, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, I was raised in Southern California in a town called Riverside. I have two younger sisters. I spent four years living overseas in Germany when I was in fifth, through eighth grade and then came back and finished high school in California before attending Baylor university in Texas. So I made a big move from the West coast, uh, to the South mm-hmm. and Baylor bears. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm a Baylor bear. So are my sisters and my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up running in our family. I married my husband or I met my husband there and then married him after we had both graduated. And We've been married coming up on 30 years here in a few years. So uh, we've lived in places overseas during the early years of our marriage, but we've been in Dallas now for many, many years. And Mm. this is where we settled and bought a home and had our children. We have three kids.
1: Well, your life overseas, I think, is fascinating. And I'm hoping that we can get into that a little bit, too. But um, let's jump into the reason why we're here. Um, We Want to know about your writing, and then we also want to know about let It be me but i but i I want to uh, to ask my readers to be a l- or my listeners to be a little bit more patient because uh, I want to really find out like how you started writing.
0: So how did it all start? Well, after my husband and I married and moved overseas with his job, I found myself living on this um ideal little Caribbean island called Anguilla. And because of the work permit situation, I couldn't get a job there. I had a college degree, but I couldn't take a job from a local person. We were there with his job because he had a job that no local person could do. Um, And so I found myself with a lot of time on my hands and I had always loved to read, but I had never ever considered trying to write a novel myself until that situation. And I thought, well, I have time and an imagination and a computer and I have a love of story. And so I just decided to try my hand at it. And almost immediately, I loved it. And I went to work writing novel after novel and received nothing but rejections. <laughs> 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 the uh, the publishing process is challenging. And I learned a lot in those years. I ended up finally breaking into publishing with some general market romances back in the 90s and wrote that for a little while, but then I had our oldest child and the books didn't sell well. So my publisher didn't offer me another contract. And when those two events came together, the fact that I couldn't get another contract and I had a new baby, I decided to set writing aside. And I did that for seven years. And then only then was it when I, was when I heard the Lord calling me back to writing and this time Christian fiction.
1: You know, seven years, that number seven, that means something, you know, we we see that number in the Bible. Um, so the Lord, you felt the Lord calling you back. And when you began that process, did it, was it easier? Did it seem more fluid? Like, like this is what you should have been doing all that time?
0: Yes. And in fact, it took me a long time. I think a lot of us, we start down paths that feel right at the time, but then become uncomfortable as we go further down them. And I think the Lord really needed to do something kind of drastic and stop the path that I was going down and focus me first on uh, raising my kids, which I loved those years when I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. I was really fortunate to get to do that for those seven years. But when I heard the Lord call me back to it, Um, As soon as I started writing my first contemporary love story that was also Christian and God honoring, I absolutely knew in that moment that after all of those years of working on writing and doing some publishing and then failing at publishing, I absolutely knew that I had finally found my niche Mm. and it took me a long time to get there. But when I did, there was this overwhelming sense of rightness which I think the Lord is gracious to give us when we finally, you know, in our mistake prone way, when we finally find our way to exactly where he would have us be, there's this wonderful sense of rightness and fit. And that's exactly what I experienced.
1: So with Let It Be Me, you have a wonderful hero, a beautiful heroine. They're both, they're both smart. They're both driven Um, But as with all romances, you know, there's a a little uh, hurdle they have to get over before they can be together. Tell tell us about Let It Be Me. I mean, I know just on Facebook, my friends are talking about how excited they are. Um, I know you have a Facebook group. Uh, So tell us about it and tell us um, what you hope your fans really take away from this book.
0: Okay. Yes, you're right. Both of the two main characters are very intelligent and very driven people. The story started with the inspiration of the hero, who is a foster kid who grew up to rise all the way to become a pediatric um, cardio surgeon. But he's not happy. You know, he had expected that when he reached that pinnacle of career success, he would finally fill the hole in his own heart and when he reached that pinnacle of career success he realized there was still something missing Mm -hmm. so that's the hero and then the heroine is a math genius who receives shocking dna results right in the first pages of the novel and realizes oh my goodness my biological parents who i always believed to be my biological parents aren't actually related to me by dna at all (laughs) And so she draws him in and together they work to kind of uncover the secrets that surround her birth uh, story. Mm -hmm. So that's just a glimpse of Let It Be Me. I really loved writing this one. I had a lot of fun with these two. It was fun to pair his determined personality with her very logical, math-oriented, unromantic personality. She has no interest in having a boyfriend, no interest in romance at all, but he falls for her almost right from the start. And they do have to overcome hurdles like you mentioned, but I just, they made me smile. And they um, were one of the bright spots in 2020 for me because that's when I was working on the book was in 2020. And so the Lord knew that I needed uh, a hero and heroine like Sebastian and Leah to get me through 2020. (laughs) And
1: and those are, those are great names. Those are really great names. and it's refreshing because the woman isn't is not the man crazy woman, you know. Um, you know, he he actually is drawn into her and she's you know more, more than she is. And she's as you said, she's you know, she's probably um left brained and pretty, you know, straight. She's you know, math whiz. Um, so that's also a little bit refreshing so that we don't see um, like we like some like we sometimes see, you know, the person that's just always the woman that's always going after a man and all of that. And I'm not saying that that is not a uh, a, a trope that we should see in fiction, but this is just a, you know, a refreshing way about that. So that's really great.
0: Um, it, this is the third in the Misty River series of your Christian romances. Well, I was going to say it is the third in a sense because I have a free uh, novella that starts off the series called um, Take a Chance on Me. And so that one is free to download. And then the first novel is Stay With Me. And then this is the second novel, Let It Be Me. So, yes, the third in my Misty River series so far.
1: And that is great, you know, and and thank you for being so gracious enough to to give a bit of your work away. Um, and so since we're talking about it, uh, listeners can find that download at your website. And that's, is that BeckyWaite.com? That's correct, yes. Okay, great, great. And I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. So that's great. That's wonderful. Um, but you also have two family series that you wrote before that. And you also have, as you said, some standalone uh novels and and also novellas which works are your favorite to write
0: the ones that are my favorite to write are the ones that come together easily (laughs) because some novels now that I've published 10 novels and several novellas what I've learned is that some novels come together really hard you know Mm -hmm. I go through the same process every time but some of them are just more difficult for whatever reason. In fact, there's not really anything that I can point to and say, well, that's what I did wrong. Or that's why that was hard. Some of them just are difficult. So my favorite novels to write have been the ones that have just kind of flowed through me more quickly and easily without so much intensive rewriting. Um, Some of those would have been like, uh, my stubborn Heart, which was my first Christian fiction novel, it was that way. It, And I think that that was just a gift of the Lord too, just bring me into writing again. He gave me one that really flowed that first time. Um, a Love Like Ours, Her One and Only, Sweet on You. Some of those were easier books. Um, and so those were my favorite to write. I don't know. That's great. And I know you get
1: inspiration for your books in lots of different ways, but sometimes from current events.
0: Yes, I do get, you're absolutely right. I often do get inspiration from actual events. In this case, with my newest series, my Misty River Romance series, my idea for that was inspired by the soccer team of young boys who was trapped in that cave underground, for, I feel like they were down there for about a week or so. And the whole world became invested in that story because we so earnestly wanted them to be rescued. Mm. And so then rescue teams converged from all across the globe to try to get those boys and their coach out of those that cave where they had been trapped safely. And eventually they were brought out safely, although one of the rescuers lost his life. And I thought, what if I, because I had done two family series prior to this, I thought, what if I connected this series together in a new way? What if I had five people and when they were kids, when they were in middle school, they went on a mission trip down to South America and were trapped um, when a huge earthquake strikes, trapped underground, buried alive, basically, in this little small room, (laughs) down in the basement and they have no adults with them. They have no food. They have no water, but one of them has a cell phone and is able to call out before the battery dies and let his parents know that they're down there alive. And then same thing, like the world's attention focuses on these kids, Christians all around the world begin to pray that they would be rescued. And then eventually miraculously they are. Mm -hmm. So they go on to be known as the miracle five and I catch up with them now that they're all adults. And what's been really fun for me about that is being able to explore how that tragedy that they survived affected each of them differently. And so in each novel, I kind of go through the trauma that they have left and the scars and um, also the successes that came from uh, that hardship that they endured. So that's Mm -hmm. my series. That's how that was based on. A real yeah. life event. Wow. That that that's really amazing
1: how you take that and you weave it into these stories. And you just told us a little bit of what makes this fiction Christian and what makes this fiction, I think, different from from other romances. And obviously you just talked about prayer, you talked about salvation, you've talked about, you know, those kinds of things. You know, there are some people when they think about romance novels. Uh, and I won't name any companies or, or you know names, but that they uh, they border on the pornographic, or they're not—they're certainly not biblical, and they're in some cases they're you know maybe addictive in a bad way. So when 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 people write Christian romance, um, how do you come to it? And obviously, you obviously you don't want to be associated with that at all. You know, I, you want to bring. Uh, the Lord's spirit and, and, and the joy that he gives us just in life and in romance, because he gave that all to us. You know, you want to reflect that. So how, how do you do that? Does it, does it concern you that, um, that, that, you know that this, this type of writing might be compared with other romance novels or, you know, how, how do you think about it?
0: Well, I'm so, so grateful that there is such a thing as Christian fiction. And under that larger umbrella, so many genres, I'm not sure a lot of Christians realize that there are so many wonderful books that fall under the umbrella of Christian fiction, contemporary romance, which is what I write is just one. There's also, you know, young adult, there's more like science fiction, there's mystery, there's thriller, there's everything that readers enjoy in the general market that you can also find in the Christian market. So I encourage readers to go out there and give it a try in Christian romance. You'll find stories that are clean and that are very, very hopeful. So I am trying to bring a love story that is um, still about a great love an intense love that these people are, are experiencing as they fall for one another But at the same time, I'm trying to bring uh, a faith journey for both characters. And I'm trying to write a story that ministers to people and brings them hope. So hopefully, when readers finish my book, not only will they kind of have this happy glow because, oh, that was a, I really enjoyed that love story, but more than that, um, they will see a picture of a perfect God pursuing. Imperfect people and loving them through hard stuff. I mean, you know, my characters always have to travel kind of a difficult road. And I love the scenes in my books when God shows up and I can share the gospel through story. Um, I don't preach in my books. I don't need to because um, the gospel message is so powerful. All I have to do is show that. All I have to do is show that my people have flaws and they make mistakes. And that God loves them and comes through for them anyway. And that's what I try to do.
1: I love that. And you are right. I mean, there's historical fiction. There's Christian supernatural. I mean, there's so many and they are all so good. Um, I am so happy that God touches authors like you and allows you to to create this these wonderful work so that we have a chance to enjoy, like you said, clean, uplifting, hopeful work that is every bit as entertaining as you know as the other stuff. And so I, I just think that's really, really great. And again, you know, God wants us to have love in life. He wants us to have joy in life. Obviously we talk about joy a lot on this show. And he wants us to have all those things. He wants us to have a mate. He wants us to do all those things. So um, it is it is just great that you know you and and your and your fellow writers are able to entertain us in this way. And so that's really, really good.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I love that the Lord has been gracious enough to lead me to this particular kind of writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful that there are readers out there reading it and keeping those of us who feel called to write this um, having a job, you know. <laughs> we only have a job because um, readers support our books. And so um, I love this ministry. I can I do consider it a ministry. I pray before every writing session um, that the Holy Spirit would come in power and show me um, what he would have me write or say. The, through the words that day. And it's just the best thing in the world to get to do a creative art like writing mm-hmm. that you love and, and do it um, for his glory at the same time.
1: I sometimes ask the question, when have you been overwhelmed by the love of God to people I might be talking to? But in your case, I would love to know if there was a time when you were overwhelmed by the love of God, as he directed you in this ministry, in this work that you do?
0: Yeah, so I I have to rely on him very, very heavily to do this work. It's challenging and it takes a lot of time and heart and effort. And there are discouragements and disappointments with this kind of creative pursuit that are just going to be part of it. Uh, So, I just step out in faith over and over, just believing that He will equip me um, to do the work. And so, to answer your question, once a year, when I turn the book in, because I write one book a year, once a year, when I finally reach that moment after months and months and months of work and just doubt and struggle and joy and all of it, when I reach that moment where I finally turn the book in and I realize the magnitude of what he has enabled me to do, I am overwhelmed by the love of him and just how gracious he is to provide. You know, every time he meets my faith with his presence and that's how the books get written.
1: Mm. Well, um, as I said before, I'm so happy that we have your books and your fellow writers books. Um, But obviously there's one book that we all love and that we all read. And that's the Bible. Do you have a, a, a favorite biblical verse uh, or book that you stand on? Um, either either in this season or in general?
0: You know, the one that I often pray is over my writing, I pray Acts 1.8. I pray that I would receive power when your I pray that I would receive power when your spirit comes upon me so that I might be your witness. Mm. Uh, I love that one. I pray that one all the time. Um, I also love uh, John the Baptist's words. I think in John three thirty one when he says, you must become greater. I must become less. Those are two that I pray um, very, very frequently over my life. And then also my writing.
1: Wow. That's really, really cool. Is it important for you, for your characters, um, the hero or the heroine and, and even any supplemental care characters, to have some kind of crisis of faith so that we can see growth?
0: Yes and no. Um, Sometimes the spiritual journey is more subtle. So there always is growth, but it doesn't need to come every time from a crisis of faith moment. So sometimes someone is very close to the Lord but they're struggling with a sin that they just can't seem to get free of. And their journey is going to look different than a character who has been overwhelmed by grief and comes to a point where he has to forgive God and move on. Um, So every every journey, and that's one of the things I work on a lot in my books, every journey is going to look a little unique depending on what the character is going through. Some of them remain close to the Lord the whole time, but they're just struggling with something, you know, something, maybe a circumstance in their life, um, is really hard for them at the moment. And that's something that I, um, I'm really always praying over and also rewriting and refining to try to find my way to what the Lord would have me say about those spiritual journeys with each book and with every character. Hmm. I read
1: that then when you were young, when you were a little girl, uh, you guys would produce homemade plays, and usually there was a heroine and a prince and a love story. And I think that when we're young, we think of of like a perfect prince and a perfect what you know whatever. But I find that the most compelling stories are about people who are not perfect, um, who are in some ways broken, and who need God's help. Do you try to show that in your characters?
0: Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. I have no interest at all in writing about um, flawless people. (laughs) I, I don't know any of those. I don't think God has ever seen any of those other than Jesus. He was the only one. And so to try to keep the stories as relatable as I possibly can, because I want when a reader is reading i want them to become the characters you know to really identify with the characters and feel like they are that person so in order to make that happen i certainly try to address the character's flaws their mistakes their brokenness um their jealousy their loneliness you know whatever it is that they're struggling with in their very human selves i delve right into that
1: wonderful wonderful so i know we can find you at your website beckyway.com you're also on facebook what's the name of your facebook group
0: my facebook group is called the cheer squad um, yay, as, if it, as if it was a cheerleading squad right the cheer squad and then my author page is can be found under author becky wade
1: excellent excellent uh and so uh everyone, definitely pick up this new book but also check out the free novella download which you're so graciously providing and becky this has just been a joy to talk to you
0: i really enjoyed it thanks for um all of those really thoughtful questions it's fun to talk about how the lord is able to move through um christian fiction
1: well thank you and i i looking forward to more and more books from you and um just uh, to keep that, that really beautiful, powerful and joyful spirit going. So I thank you.
0: You're welcome. Continue with what you're doing. God bless. Thank you
1: for listening to Positively Joy today. Go to PositivelyJoy.com for inspiration, encouragement, and past episodes. Follow the podcast and review and subscribe wherever you go for podcasts. Don't forget to check out our cool merchandise with our new logo. And also on the website, go to the talk tab and leave us a message on what you love about Positively Joy and what you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Bye for now.